You're listening to a Centro Church podcast. Thank you. Awesome. Welcome. How are we doing tonight? Fantastic. Come on. I love it. Hey, we're continuing a series across all of our services called Family Matters. Who enjoyed this morning's preach? That was just brilliant. Make sure you get the podcast and uh, it'll change your life. So we're going to continue that this morning. We're going to open up, um, open up to the book of First Samuel chapter 2. I'll have it on the screen. You can follow with me. We're going to look at this family here and we're going to uh, look at what, primarily what they didn't do, what they did wrong. We're going to contrast that and uh, uh, see if we can pull some things out for us tonight. It says this, now the sons of Eli were scoundrels. Everyone say scoundrels. That's a cool word, isn't it? Anyone see next to a scoundrel tonight? No. <laughs> Pastor Brett's got his hand up. <laughs> now the sons of Eli were scoundrels who had no respect for the Lord or for their duties as priests. Whenever anyone offered a sacrifice, Eli's sons would send over a servant with a three-pronged fork while the meat, was on, while the meat of the sacrifice animal was still boiling. Now if you understand a bit about Jewish culture, this is a huge no-no. Right, so the sacrifice was to God. The fat had to get boiled off. Up until then, you couldn't touch it. These boys were touching it before it was even fulfilled. This was a cult. This was a cultural offence. Verse twenty-two it says this. Now Eli was very old, but he was aware of what his sons were doing to the people of Israel. He knew, for instance, right there was this one time that his sons were seducing the young women who assisted at the entrance of the tabernacle. Eli said to them, I've been hearing reports from all the people about the wicked things that you're doing. Why do you keep sinning? You must stop, my sons. The reports I hear among the Lord's people are not good. If someone sins against another person, God can mediate for the guilty party. But if someone sins against the Lord, who can intercede? But Eli's sons wouldn't listen to their father, for the Lord was already planning to put them to death. That's a bad day right there when God's plan is to get rid of you. And yes, <laughs> verse 13 says this. This is God now talking to Eli, okay, or talking about Eli. I, God, have warned him, Eli, that judgment is coming upon his family forever because his sons are blaspheming God and he hasn't disciplined them. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that tonight in your, throughout your word that you'll discipline us, that you'll train us in the ways of yours. Amen. Cool. So the family is God's creation. Okay, we're talking about family matters tonight, this whole month. The family is God's creation. In fact, I want to go a little bit deeper. I think the family is actually a reflection of his nature and an extension of his authority. The family is the most essential and notable of all human institutions. It's the place in which life literally comes to be. It's the place where society pretty much is created. When families are healthy and successful, society seems to flourish. But when families are broken apart, when families are weak or torn apart, the foundations of every other human institution also begin to be torn apart, broken down and confused. We live in a culture right now where the definition of family used to be mum, dad and kids, whereas now we're a bit confused about what family actually is and what it means. It's been broken down. 
And we wonder why in 2019 that every other institution that exists in our life regarding sex, gender, authority, um, you know, uh, the role of parents, religion, authority, social discipline, we wonder why we're confused in all these areas as well. I want to put to you tonight that the reason that why in our generation right now we're confused about our sexuality and our gender has a root cause in that we're confused about what family is, right? We're confused about that institution which controls every other institution. Good family ethics builds confidence, boundaries, character, and it creates initiation rights for our young people. And so when you begin to break down the family, what you're really doing is we're really breaking down the initiation rights for our children. And so our children who learn to be a good adult in the family no longer have the role models in the family to become good adults. And so, and so instead of initiating, instead of um, helping turning children into, into men or children into women, we're simply seeing lots and lots of children go up to be big children. And so there's this breakdown of transference of healthy social construction. Without healthy social construction, chaos, confusion, disorder, and anarchy thrive. Family matters. There was this um, documentary that I watched a while ago on elephants, elephants in Africa. And what the documentary showed was there was this one uh, uh, um, park where all of these young bull elephants were becoming very antisocial and uh, erratically becoming violent. And so the, the park ranger came in to where they were, and what they noted was, uh, so these young bulls, what they were doing is they were, they were attacking tourist cars and stomping on cars. They were pulling trees from the roots out of the ground. They were killing other small animals and killing other small elephants. When the rangers came in, what they noticed was this, that amongst the group of elephants, there was no male older bull. And so what they did was they went to another park, grabbed an older male bull, and brought that older male bull and put it into the fabric of that community of elephants. What happened the next time that those young bulls began to attack cars and pull trees out, what they noticed was that the older bull would um, charge at them and wave its ears. And it would scare the young bulls enough to stop what they were doing. What they found out very quickly was that these young bulls responded to it and they stopped being antisocial. They stopped being violent because they had this one male bull that could pull them into line. Their behavior changed. It's healthy for our kids to have people, right, to have parents or at least adult figures who can challenge and shape and create spaces for the initiation process. These young bulls needed an initiation process. And so the older male gave it them. It's the same with our kids. Eli's sons, although they had a father figure, although Eli is there and he's dad and he's there, what they didn't have was someone who could create a process of initiation, help them grow up. And so that's what we're going to look at tonight. We're going to look at uh, what kind of things could Eli have done to create initiation processes in his boys. And so that's what we're going to look at tonight. Family matters. That's what we're looking at this whole month of September. I'm going to start, I want to start a new mini-series because I'm preaching again next Sunday morning called The Seven 
keys to happy, healthy families. That's what we're gonna look at tonight. The seven keys, we're gonna look at point at, at, at our key number one, two, and three, and then the rest next week. So if you take a note, seven keys to happy, healthy families. Are you ready? Key number one. If you wanna create a good marriage, good family, good society, then key number one, you need to know your priorities. Know your priorities. The Bible says this about Eli. I have warned him that judgment is coming upon his family forever because his sons are blaspheming God and he hasn't disciplined them. Okay, the Bible talks about discipline here. Um, Whenever we hear the word discipline, it's easy to think of the word discipline meaning punishment, but that's not what the word discipline means. To punish someone means to make them suffer because of something bad that they did. But the word discipline actually means to teach and to create um, an environment where that person can learn not to do that thing again, but to make a better decision. That's what the word discipline means. When it comes to leading our families, discipline is essential. Or another way to put it, disciplineship is essential. Or another way to put it, discipleship is essential. It's essential in your marriage, in your relationships, in your family to disciple your family. Because here's the thing. You can either know your priorities or have no priorities. It's up to you. But you must know both of them are gonna lead you into a destination. Whether you have priorities or have none, they're both gonna lead you somewhere. Eli's sons clearly were not shown any disciplineship or discipleship or priorities, they did whatever they wanted to do. And what that meant was this, it meant that they became an embarrassment, an embarrassment to themselves, an embarrassment to their father, an embarrassment to their community, an embarrassment to their temple, to their church, because Eli failed to uphold right priorities. When you can create discipline in your life, it almost eliminates what some people call the tyranny of the urgent. The tyranny of the urgent. Um, I'm sure you've experienced the tyranny of of the urgent. Has anyone ever had an assessment due, but you didn't do it till the night it was due? Anyone, right? And then you're up that night trying to get your essay done, trying to get your assignment done, and there's that urgency, now there's tyranny in your life, right? Um, I'm, I'm sure no one's done this, but have you ever been late somewhere? Because you left too late, and you're racing to get to wherever you are, and you're going over the, 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 the suggested speed limit, and you're putting yourself in danger and all the other, I'm sure no, it's all the people who aren't here tonight, that, that's who that applies to, I know that, right? But there's that urgency, right? There's an urgency. I'm sure none of us are here tonight that like to please people, you know, but have you, have you ever said yes to too many things to help people, and then you couldn't even get the first thing that you said yes to done, right? And now there's this urgency to please all these people and do all these things, you know, I'm sure this isn't new, but have you, have, have you ever been sucked into a marketing ploy where a shop told you, you need this and your life will be better, and you bought that thing, and then when you took it home, you realized, my life actually hasn't gotten any better. I'm actually now more upset that I spent all that money on that thing, right? <laughs> it happens all the time in my life, right? It's called my wife. No, this is not true. She doesn't spend too much, right? There's tyranny of the urgent, right? I've got to get that thing now. You know, but here's the thing, right? Got to kill that. When you put priorities in your life, you can kill that tyranny of the urgent. Because if there was priorities to get your assessment done, 
earlier, you wouldn't be racing to get it done now. If you know what to say yes to and had priorities and what to say yes to, you wouldn't have said yes to so many people to get so many things done. If you had just prioritized 10 minutes earlier to leave your house, you wouldn't be speeding to get to where you're going. If you had priorities with your spending, if you actually had a budget, you wouldn't be purchasing things that you regret later on. Priorities kill the tyranny of the urgent. You can live a life knowing what the right things are or live a life like Eli, not knowing what the right things are and being consumed with the urgency of now. Because who knows in this scripture, Eli had to try and fix the problem with these sons now. But by the time now came, it was too late. And he couldn't do anything. It was too late when he got to now. But if Eli had put some priorities in his life, he never would have found himself in this problem right now. I'll tell you what, create some priorities in your marriage. Create priorities in your family. Create priorities in your relationships. Know what you're after. Key number two. Sorry, no, not key number two. <laughs> Here's the thing. Right priorities promote health and growth. Wrong priorities prohibit health and growth. Remember, um, when we first had our f- first son, um, a lot of my life had to change. My wife and I, we were youth pastors, and so we had a very, I guess, active life. We were always out with um, friends and with people and, and, and doing things and Marriage didn't really stop us from having the very active social life, but when Kat had Malachi, it changed her life dramatically, and she found herself at home a lot more than what I was, and so I was out constantly working because I loved my job and, and working big hours and then going out and playing hard as well. I'd go and work and then go home and then go out and play. I remember this one time, though, it really changed how I thought about life and had to change some priorities. I remember I got home one night and Kat and I, we had this huge fight. We had this huge blue. And she said to me, she said, you're always out with other people giving them your best. Then when you get home, we get your leftovers. I don't like it. And she offended me. I was offended, right? <laughs> I was a, my wife offended me. Let me tell you, sometimes it's good to be offended by the people who love you, right? Because that's how you change your mind, by being offended about your thinking. And anyway, so, I, you know, I, I went away really angry because I was thought, thinking to myself, man, she doesn't know what she's got. Like, you know, I'm an awesome score, you know. I'm like the best husband. Like, she, she should be happy. Like, she, she's done well. Like, of all the boys that were in the church, I was the best. Like, how dare she tell me that I need to change something about myself? In fact, I think it's her. She should love me more. Let me go out more and have fun. But then God spoke to me. He said, Tim, you're an idiot. <laughs> I said, yeah, probably. <laughs> now, God spoke to me through a, 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 um, a scripture that, that says, what good does it give a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? And what God spoke to me and that was this. What he was showing me was this. What good is it, Tim, if you have a great ministry and have lots of friends yet lose your love and lose your family. Because at your funeral, your work won't come to it, your job doesn't go to your funeral, 
and only half your friends ever go, but all your family are there. And God spoke to me and it hurt because I, 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 I had to reprioritize a few things in my life. I had to prioritize a few things and change a few things so that I could make sure that uh, my family was happy and healthy. I had to make sure that my wife and my kids were happy and healthy. So I had to change a few priorities. You know, Matthew says it this way, for where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And so because I treasured my family, I had to put my heart there. I had to reprioritize a few things. Key number two. So key number two is this. Know when to give grace and know when to give truth. Know when to give grace and know when to give truth. Now, Eli was very old and he was aware that his sons were doing uh, what they were doing to the people of Israel. He knew that they were womanizers. He knew that they were stealing sacrifices from the temple. Uh, people were coming to him and telling him all about their sons. But, and Eli went to his sons, but Eli's sons wouldn't listen to their father. And so here's the thing. There's a few times in, I think, in your life where some sermons really smash you and you remember them for, for the rest of your life. Remember two, year, uh, two years ago, Pastor John preached a message called Truth and Grace, and it really hit me, this whole idea of, of living in grace and living in truth. And I look at my own family, and I see some of the, some of that, uh, the tension that we've had to juggle in, in our life to create a happy, healthy family. And so I wanna show you uh, how this relates to us. Know when to give grace and know when to give truth. I think there's two things that create a healthy society. Two things that create a healthy church, two things that create a healthy marriage, and two things that create a healthy family. And that's this, relationship and rules. Relationship and rules. Grace talks about relationship, love, and favor. Rules, to, uh, truth, talks about rules and rights and expectations. Eli seems to have relationship with his sons, but not many rules. Eli seems to have all the grace in the world for his sons, but not much truth. We need to find a balance. Know when to use grace, know when to use truth. See, relationship minus the rules usually always equals destruction. You know, we've seen, I've seen some parents uh, be relational to their kids in terms of all they wanna do is just be their kids' friends. You know, Eli had a relationship with his sons but lacked the rules to pull them into line. Uh, the benefit I think that I have and Pastor Brett and anyone who's been in ministry for a long time and especially being youth pastors is that we've watched all of you parent your kids. <laughs> and so we've seen all the things that work and we've seen all the things that don't, you know. And so uh, one thing that, that I saw when I was youth pastoring that I never saw work was this whole idea of the parent trying to be the the, the child's friend. You know, uh, you see, especially, you see a lot of mums trying to do it. Mums are trying to be this social equal with their daughters or their sons and they try and be friends with their child. But here's the thing, when you become a friend and, and, and only relational to your child, when can you ever pull them up on things? It just never works. It never works the parent trying to be friends to their child. Here's the thing, I'm not friends with my kids. I like them sometimes, I love them, but I'm not their friend, 
right? I'm their dad. I'm their parent. If you want to create a happy, healthy home, be a parent, right? We're not their friends. Now, I've heard Pastor John heaps of times say this about, uh, about your children, that the whole idea of parenting is to one day have your adult kids like you back and become your friends. And I think that that's true. I think that's true in the role of parenting is that one day you will become friends with your, adults, uh, with your kids who are now adults. But here's the thing. While they're kids, our whole job is to create space for initiation where they can grow from childhood into adulthood. And so my son doesn't need another friend. He needs an adult giving him direction and creating space for initiation. Relationship minus the rules usually always equals destruction. Eli's sons didn't need another friend. They needed a dad to say, Oi, get in line, you punk, right? That's what they needed. On the other hand, rules minus relationship usually equals rebellion, right? When you create a marriage or a friendship or a family that is all about the rules and no relationship, well, then there's no space to bring people on a journey with you, right? If you're all about the rules, all that's going to lead to is shallow, uh, uh, is, is, is to people following your rules, but it's very shallow. They're doing it just to get by. Eventually, eventually people rebel where there's no relationship. The best way to do it is rules plus relationship or grace and truth and knowing when to use either one. Because rules plus relationship usually always equals righteousness. Righteousness is just a fancy pants word to say the right way of living. That's what it is. And so if you want a happy, healthy family or the right way to do family, then we've got to find that relationship, that tension between rules and relationship. When we can create relationships with equal emphasis on connection and cooperation, it'll usually produce wholesome, healthy-minded relationships. I heard someone say this, the best family looks like the best playground in the world with a fence around it. The best marriage in the world looks like a theme park with a fence around it. The best relationships, the best friendships, the best family looks like fun, it looks like happiness, it looks like screaming, it, not like angry screaming, but fun screaming. It, it looks like connection with the fence around it. My kids love playing. I love playing with my kids. But sometimes I wanna go and do what I wanna do. When that time comes when I wanna rest, but my kids wanna play, I send them out to our backyard. The reason why I send them out to my backyard is because I don't trust them. See, in my front yard, there's a road and cars drive on that road. In my front yard, people walk their dogs. There's strangers that walk on the road. In my front yard, there's no boundary. You can go anywhere, it's limitless. It's not that I don't trust drivers in my neighborhood. It's not that I don't trust people with dogs. It's not that I don't trust strangers. It's simply, I don't trust my kids. I don't trust that when I tell them, don't run on the road, that they're not gonna run on the road. 
<laughs> I don't trust them that when I say, don't go pat those big scary dogs, that they're not gonna do that. And so what I do is I send them out to the backyard, right, where they can play and they can have all the fun they want, all the laughter they want, but they're in a safe environment. They're in a safe place. See, relationship plus rules equals righteousness. I make sure that they have a safe place to play so that relationship can be built. But it's built around the idea of boundaries. And that's always gonna lead to good things for you. There's lots of time to play in my house, but there's also rules and both are kept in balance. And you do that with your family as well. It's lots of time to play, but there's also rules and it's about keeping the grace and the truth in balance. Key number three, know who you need. It says this, now the sons of Eli were scoundrels who had no respect for the Lord or for their duties as priests. Whenever anyone offered sacrifices, Eli's sons would send over a servant and they would take some of what was being sacrificed. Here's my question reading this story. Know who you need. My question reading this is, 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 is this. Where is the mum? You never hear about the story of mum here. You only hear about Eli. My question is this. Where's Eli's friends? I, look at, I read this story and I think to myself, where are the mentors for these young boys? Where's the youth pastor? Right, where are the people in this story that can help Eli? Now, I'm not bagging out mum for not being there. I'm not bagging out the youth pastor or mentors for not being in this story, right? It's not their fault. I'm not blaming these people. But what I am picking up on is this. Why didn't Eli go to other people to help him? Why didn't he go out and find some people that he needed to help keep his family in order? Uh, Steve Bidoff, probably Australia's number one child psychologist, says this. He says that kids need dad, mum, peers, and mentors to form wholesome characteristics. He says this. The trick is to choose to be the best parents. Check this out. To decide who your kids should hang out with socially, <laughs> right? And intentionally intentionally bring mentors into their life. You have a secular psychologist, probably Australia's number one pedagogical psychologist right here, saying that your child, our child, needs mum and dad, needs peers that you choose, and then mentors brought into their life. Eli didn't do any of this, right? Mum's not mentioned, don't know why. Mentors aren't mentioned, not sure. Friends aren't mentioned, not sure. Mentors aren't mentioned, not sure. But I tell you what, we can read this story and go, you know what? Here's something that we shouldn't do, <laughs> right? We should find people that can help, help us in our marriages, help us in our relationships, help us in our friendships, help us in our families raising kids. Clearly the first relationship I think that we need to have healthy, happy families is a relationship with the opposite sex. I just wholeheartedly think that family is mum and dad and should still be mum and dad. And we should be trying our hardest first to make sure that our marriages stay strong in our church for the sake of our families. That's our first ministry. My pastor used to ask me all the time, Tim, how's your marriage? That's the first thing he would ask me every day. How's your marriage? How's your marriage? If your marriage falls, your kid, we, then we lose your kids. And it's so true. 
You know, we need to work hard on that. Maybe marriage is down the track for you. Just make a decision now that you're going to do it well. Make a, decision, make a decision now that you're going to allow people to speak into your marriage when you need help. Here's the thing. Each gender has strengths and things to give. You know, um, generally speaking, women are more empathetic and sympathetic. Generally speaking, men are more systematic. You know, um, Google won't tell you that. If you work for Google, they'll tell you that you're not unique, that you don't have any gender gifts, that you're all the same, right? And it's just not true. Um, when, I take, when, when we take our kids to the movies, they fight over mum to sit next to mum because they know that during the movie they're going to get cuddles and head tickles or head, head scratches, right? They're not going to get that from dad, but they get that from mum. But when we go to the theme parks and go on the scary rides, they fight to go with dad because they think that I'm going to save them somehow if something breaks, right? But, so the point, the point is that even the kids pick up on these things, that each of the genders has a strength. We need to make sure that we do marriage well. Maybe you're here tonight and maybe, maybe you're a single mum, maybe you're a single dad. You know, and this, I guess this topic is hard, you know, because right now in, in the home, it doesn't seem like that. Maybe the dad is absent, maybe the mother is absent. My advice to you is, Find someone that you love and trust that you can bring into the life of your child and let your kids know that if they ever need to have a conversation that's too awkward for you, they can go to this person, right? Because there's something powerful about the opposite sex in the relationship of the family. You need to have equal relationships. Know who you need. Find someone who's on an equal relationship. That means this, find friends. You know, if you're newly married, find another newly married couple and do life together. If you've got a family, find another family to be friends with and do life together. You know, uh, if, if looking for a friend, find a friend and do life together. There's something powerful about having equal relationships and bouncing ideas off each other. Last one is this. The last relationship to have, I think, is to have a relationship with the church. I think the church is essential in all of this. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says this, spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. Maybe you're here tonight, maybe you're looking for help. I'm here to tell you tonight that you can stop looking, you found it. It's right here. It's our church. We're here to help. What the scripture says is this, it says that every single one of us has been given a gift, a gift to add value, add value to relationships, add value to the, to the church, to the house of God. We've, we've all been given these gifts. And so it means this, it means that I have something to give you, you have something to give to me. And we can all do this thing called life together and do it well. And we find that in the context of church. If you wanna find a friend, church. If you wanna find a partner, a mentor, you find that in church. Maybe here tonight and maybe you didn't come from a good family. I want to tell you that right now, you're in a good family. Maybe you came from, from, maybe right now you don't have some of the tools in your own relationships. Maybe things aren't as good as what you think, as what you think they should be. I'm here to tell you that today's a new day. 
that right now you can start new, that right now you can start fresh. Maybe here tonight, maybe you think that you're lacking something. I want to tell you that when you find that relationship with God and when you find that relationship with, with, with other Christians, tell you what, you begin not to lack because other people have strengths that can help you. We find that here in church. Right here in God's house. Maybe you're here tonight and maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you've never said yes to a good, good father. You know, I just think tonight would be a great opportunity to say, you know what? I want to say yes to God. I want to say yes to following Jesus. I want to say yes to to finding a new family. I want to say yes to finding a new connection. I want to say yes to finding a new help. That's all found in God. So let me just close our eyes here tonight and Maybe that's you. All you have to do is just say yes. Yes to Jesus. So if that's you tonight, I would love to pray for you. So if you're here and you're saying, you know what, Tim, I want to say yes. Yes to a new family tonight. If you could just give me a quick wave just where you are. I just want to pray for you tonight. Saying, Tim, pray for me. I want to say yes to Jesus. I want to say yes to a new start. Yes to a new family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, here's some questions that I just want us just, just to leave with us tonight. Number one, do you know what your priorities are? In your family, in your relationships, in your marriage? Do you know what they are? Or do you have no priorities? What do you need to do that will promote healthy priorities in your life? What rules do you need to stop breaking? (laughs) What healthy relationships do you need to create? Have you been hiding from God? What gifts and talents do you have that can benefit the church? Lord, I just pray for our church tonight that you would teach us and train us to do families well, that we would do marriage well, we'd do friendships well, cause us to be, cause us to be the light to the city, Lord where we can create good social context. Use us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast.